Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. We're talking again. A body swapping. To Hi, I'm Paul Mitzi. I'm Lucy Thomas. I'm Brendan Levi. And we are the Swapcast Podcast. Every episode we watch an entry in the body swap movie genre and break it down for you. This week we are watching the 2004 Disney animation Brother Bear, starring Joaquin Phoenix, Rick Moranis, Michael Clark Duncan and Jeremy Suarez, in which a young Inuit hunter needlessly kills a bear and is magically changed into a bear himself as punishment with a talkative cub being his only guide to changing back. As always, we love to hear from our listeners, so slide into our DMs on Insta, send us an email, or chuck us a review on iTunes so we can get to 100 reviews and do an episode on Face Off already. Quick apologies to anyone expecting to hear our exchange review this week for... uh, Scheduling reasons. Scheduling reasons. Uh, Yeah, we couldn't do that because we really want to do that one in person, all three of us. Um, So we're going to do this film for now, but our next episode we will go back to exchange. So you can still look forward to that one. Kenai, I have been to the mountain where the lights touch the earth and the great spirits have revealed to me your totem. To become a man... Your actions must be guided by one thing. Your totem is... Love. What? On to Brother Bear. We have tackled Disney movies on the podcast before, but never anything from their Disney animated classics range which is their gold standard catalogue of films featuring all-time greats like The Lion King, Aladdin, Sleeping Beauty, Beauty and the Beast, and Snow White. So does Brother Bear feel like a film that stands alongside those classics? Mm. Lucy. Oh, I don't want to answer first. <laughs> I'm not sure, um, but this movie got me. So, But I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't tell if it was just because, like... Oh, this is all I ever talk about now, and I'm sorry. Actually, no, I'm not. But it's like um, my kid's about to turn one, and there's like so much like parent sort of. I guess it's not parent because it's like a brother friendship. But you know that little yeah. baby bear, yeah. um, you know, like loses his mom and stuff. And I so this movie really got me. So it's not The Lion King, but it, it did get me. That's my answer. Yeah. Brendan, what was your opinion? Yeah, it does have some big shooters, Bill. And I, I'm going to say they phoned it in a bit with this one. Oh, no. <laughs> so it but, like, me, I know but... what you mean, though. Like, mm. there's just this, this harmless, lovely little bear. And there's a legit, like, we murdered your parents. It's yeah. rough. <laughs> I, I felt for that little bear. That was really sad. Mm, I know. <laughs> yeah, I have to say, yeah, I would definitely not put it 
anywhere near the classics like Lion King and Aladdin. I think there is a lot to recommend in this film. I don't think it completely works for me, and we'll get into the specifics in the uh, in this episode later on. But uh, yeah, I think there's definitely stuff to appreciate here. But I can understand why this isn't spoken about in the same breath as you know, The Lion King or Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. I guess Brennan's kind of touched on a bit of the plot with the uh, murdering oh, yeah, sorry, parents. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I have to say, this is probably um, one of the few Disney films I can think of that has like a plot twist in it. So I guess if you're completely adverse to spoilers, maybe just watch the film if you have an interest in it. Um, but we will be spoiling the entire plot. But like you guys, you guys like knew, right? Like, like you guys picked it up like five minutes in, right? No. Oh. <laughs> oh, sorry, that's why I said that. I was like, I was just waiting for this kid to be like, oh, by the way, <laughs> my mom was like. Well, the thing is, I've seen this film before, and I'm trying to remember if I like worked it out early or not. I can't remember if I did. I, there are specifics about that plot point that I know irked me a lot the first time I watched it, and we'll get into that in a bit. So I think what we'll do first is we'll do our 30-second plot summary, mm-hmm. which is when I try to summarize the plot in 30 seconds, ad-libbed, it's not prepared earlier. Um, I haven't been able to do this once, so um, this might be the first time. Uh, so if one of you wants to set the timer, we'll, we'll get that going. Ready, set, Go. Okay, so there's a a group of three brothers um, and uh, they all get totems because they're Inuits um, in an Inuit tribe and they get totems that tell them uh, what their purpose is in life and one of the brothers uh, gets killed by a bear because the other one... Oh, fuck, I fucked it. I fucked it. (laughs) No! You have failed. <laughs> yeah, that, that your was first a mistake is always you always go okay. So it's like you just like <laughs> waltz into it. You need to go guns blazing. <laughs> All right. Yeah, you so, always well, spend, you, you always spend like five minutes in the first act. You got thirty <laughs> seconds for. It. <laughs> All right. So. I will try again, but not in 30 seconds. But so the, the, the movie's about three Inuit brothers and, uh, their middle brother, he's getting his totem, which tells him what his like thing is in life. And he finds out that it's love, um, which, uh, he he's really upset about. <laughs> yeah. He wanted to be like, I'm going to be a wise person or I'm going to be a tough warrior. It's sort of um, like, um, in like, if you think of Marty in like uh, Captain Planet, oh yeah, you know how he got Where, heart. Yeah, yeah everyone <laughs> else like, got cool nobody, powers yeah. and he got heart. <laughs> it's like I got yeah, the wisdom no- of eagle, and I got uh, I got a uh, was the brother like guidance or something? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, and and he and he got love, yeah. so he's like super pissed about love. it. Yeah. Through a um some mistakes he makes, he he leaves out these this fish. That it was supposed to be for the tribe, and a and a bear comes and gets the fish. Um, so he decides that he's gonna go like fuck up the bear for like stealing his fish. But then the bear turns on him, and he um starts running away and falls down a cliff. And then his brothers come to rescue him, 
But in doing that, one of his brothers ends up falling off of a cliff himself and dying. Well, he kind of sacrifices himself, right? Yeah, yeah to save the other brothers. Mm. But he kills the, the bear as well, right? Yeah, he doesn't kill the bear. The bear gets away. Yes. So then our main character, Kenai, he's, he um, decides, like, this bear just killed my brother. I'm going to kill the bear. So he chases after the bear, kills it. But as he does, uh, like, big northern lights come down and all these spirits come and he himself gets transformed into a bear. Um, when he wakes up, um, the kind of spiritual leader of the tribe comes to see him and she's like, your dead brother decided to turn you into this bear to teach you a lesson. You need to go to this mountain um, where the spirits meet the earth and you can get transformed back. Um, on his way there, he meets this cute little bear that has lost his mother. Um, and uh, like adorable. They just yeah. Adorable uh, little bear. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Who voices the bear? Uh, uh, Jeremy Suarez um, was his name. So he's now an older person, but now he was, was he a, a kid, at the, kid at the time. Okay. Yeah. So they uh, decide to go to the mountain together um, because it's right next to where he, the little boy thinks his mother is. So um, they go on like a, a fun road trip to the mountain. But then when they do, uh, Kenai realizes that the mother that the kid is thinking he's going to meet up with is the bear that he killed at the beginning of the okay, film. Okay, guys, I really should have like just retelling the plot. It's like, oh, yeah, it was so obvious. Why didn't I? <laughs> I think I was just so enamored with the cute bear. Like he's like, I, hey, I've got, I've got a story to tell you. And he's like, yeah, uh. No, thanks. Not right now. Say that for later when we need it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think the like one reason, though, you might not catch on to it is because how many other Disney movies have you seen where the main character has killed the parents yeah, of I, one of I the other like, oh, main wow. characters? Like, legit? <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I was like... That's the story, but that no way. But really, yeah. that's what I was like, and and that's probably one of my biggest faults with the film is that it sets up this really juicy drama filled premise of these two characters. They become they they form like a brotherly love for each other through the course of this uh, road trip, but then once the the boy fi finds out this new brother that he's a brotherly love that is formed with this guy is with the guy that killed his own mother. Like there's so much there to chew on and the film doesn't really do anything with it. Once they get to the it, mountain, yeah. he just forgives him. The ghosts of the mum and the ghosts of the brother come, they have a big hug and then they, and then he decides I'm going to stay as a bear and we'll just have a nice life together forever. But I just feel like it's a very complex, like how, how could you sort of explore that theme it like for children it's so full on <laughs> exactly so uh, i kind of feel like either do it or don't do mm -hmm. it like, like the film could have easily had him kill a different bear and the plot could have been the same like it's so heavy that they don't even like give you the conversation they just give you like another phil collins song while you hear like yeah. i'm sorry and then all of a sudden your mother and then that's it like yeah, they yeah they were even like, oh, we shouldn't do this. Yeah. Where have you been? You look horrible. Coda. My mom says when you eat too much fish, you should just lie down. Coda. There's something I uh. 
you know that story you told me last night? Yeah. Well, I, I have a story to tell you. Really? What's it about? Well, it's kind of about a man and kind of about a bear. But mostly it's about a monster. A monster who did something so bad. Everywhere I turn, I hurt someone. <laughs> but we've already animated this much, so. <laughs> yeah, it, it's just such a great concept that they just do nothing with. And so I think that that's my main problem with the film is how they deal with that at the end. Um, and I think the other thing that kind of brings this down a peg from other Disney movies is the music isn't that great. Yeah. The, the Phil Collins songs aren't that great with one exception which is um, in the swap scene when he swaps into the bear. There's this really beautiful operatic music that's sung by like this Bulgarian choir in traditional Inuit language. And it's just so epic and like it just captures the epicness of, you of know, the animation of so this, well. Like, yeah. and, and, and the animation that, piece of music is beautiful and nothing else in the film really lives up to that i kind of feel like the music thing was a bit like they didn't go all in so when the songs Mm -hmm. did appear it was like oh why are they doing this like it's it didn't have that many songs in it so it felt odd but come on i really liked that family bear time scene like that got me (laughs) i'm like look at these bears oh my god (laughs) Like yeah, yeah. I, I I I agree with like I feel like Phil Collins was like taken on board and they're like he's like oh um songs about them uh, like and didn't really put a lot of heart into these songs like they they don't have a those those licks those kicks like give me give me easy yeah. lover you know what I mean like. Um, I I just think like you look at the music he did for Tarzan and like you'll be in my heart from Tarzan, like makes me cry every time. Um, and there's nothing which in one this was that? Wait, was that written Tarzan? for Tarzan? Yes. Oh, yeah. Well it, well, sort of. So Phil Collins actually wrote the song for uh, he wrote it about his daughter Lily Collins, who's the star of Emily in Paris. Um, <laughs> he uh, he wrote it about her, but it, it first appeared in Tar- in Tarzan. Yeah, ah. but yeah, the the songs in Tarzan are just so beautiful. Um, and this feel feels kind of like he was trying as he was trying to achieve that, but didn't quite get so there. So Tarzan was first, and Brother Bear came next. Tar- right. Yeah, Tarzan was t- Tarzan was ninety nine, and this is two thousand three. Mm, interesting. So yeah, and I feel like the nature of the songs as well, rather than being songs that people like burst into songs, like in most of the Disney musicals, mm. they're just background songs Mm. which means this film is chock full of montages yeah because every time there's a song it has to be accompanied by a montage so i think that like 50 percent of this film is montages i I really can't tell if you like this movie paul i do i think overall i like Mm. it i think what really gets me over the line with this film is the animation Mm. 
like I love the animation. I love the um they do this thing in this film where the first 15 minutes is quite um subdued in the animation style yeah. and it's actually in a different aspect ratio and then when he turns into the into a bear the screen widens up into widescreen mm. and the colors become really like bright, bright and intense. Yeah, yeah. And like the animation style of the animals change, I think it's just a really clever way of doing yeah. it. Um, and I think I, this is what I missed out on seeing in the big screen. And I th- like, I think this would have been a really cool one to see at the cinemas because I guess of the nature of watching it at home, the aspect ratio change means that half the film or the first fifteen minutes of the film is only in a little square in the middle of your TV until it like widens out. Mm. So I think that would have worked a lot better on the big screen because yeah. you would have had those curtains widening up, mm. and then all of a sudden you're like in this huge world. So yeah, I think there's a lot of yeah a lot to recommend this film. I think the voice performances are quite good, like Joaquin Phoenix, and as you said, like Jeremy Suarez as Coda, the little cub is just so cute character design and performance are both adorable i feel like do we sort of need to maybe mention oh yeah i i think (laughs) if they made this film now they would have cast people from the culture that it represents um which is something they've been doing a lot of lately with like raya the last dragon their last film was the new um, lion king was like you know recast and yeah that sort of thing yeah i was i was also wondering if the story is a actual like genuine like into it like fable thing yeah mm. do you know that much that I, no i i hadn't heard that at all in the in the trivia notes and stuff that i've read it <laughs> yeah. wasn't mentioned so i'm guessing it was just created full cloth but yeah I, i'm not sure what did you guys think of like the comic relief characters in this film so it was like um the moose r- yeah right into the, mo- the two moose I don't know. Uh, they're based, so they were Rick Moranis and Dave Thomas, and I think they're part of, like, they've done, like, live action movies as those characters, mm-hmm. and they've just taken those characters <laughs> and turned them into moose and put them in this film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I think they're just, like, a comedy duo um, from, like, a Canadian comedy duo that they thought would fit in well here. Well, sure. I was getting that they were lovers I'm like, well i mean the film doesn't <laughs> <laughs> the film doesn't do anything to like dispel that and i feel like if you're going to you know put gay characters in a disney film make it the one about bears um <laughs> <laughs> it took me like 20 seconds to pick that up <laughs> it was a bit um at the start you know the way he got that he was the bear of love was that his totem yeah yeah and his brothers were kind of making fun of him like that that was girly yeah which is like that's not on anymore either <laughs> well yeah that's that's what um that was another thing about the the story i was like oh like this will be interesting because I thought it was going to be something about men and showing love. Because, like you said, like they were being, they were being, he was being paid out for having the totem of love, mm-hmm. and he was very frustrated about it. It was all about him being a man. So it's, it's just about toxic masculinity, really. Yeah, so it's, I feel like it sort of, sort of towed some line there. But yeah, it could it could have been brought out a bit more. This film lost the Oscar to Finding Nemo for best animated film. That's fair. Do you guys agree? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that's rough, being in the same year. <laughs> yeah. Like, like I, I have had for a long time a heart for, like, 
actual 2D drawn animation. Like mm-hmm. when I was younger, I was almost like I was looking at a career in actually animating and stuff. And then mm-hmm. I like looked at the like qualifi- like qualifications to get into the course and I realized my drawing sucked. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah, g- genuine passion for seeing like 2D animated things because I, I do feel like there's a warmth and a heart there that you oh, don't completely. see. completely. But the story, like Finding Nemo, the story. Yeah, is, exactly. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but I did cry yeah. in this and I do cry in Finding, but I, yeah, I cried a lot more in Finding Nemo. Yeah, I think like, so this was when kind of Pixar and Disney were still kind of separate entities, whereas now it's kind of all intermingling because they're all owned by the same people and run by the same people. I think this could have done with a bit of Pixar's like story room mm. yeah, tweaking yeah. It. Mm. like when it got released this film was a critical flop i think it got something like 33 percent on rotten tomatoes Yikes. um so it's kind of regarded as a flop but it wasn't really in the box office it ended up making um 250 million worldwide on a 50 million dollar budget so it is a success it got a straight tra- straight to dvd sequel they were originally going to make a um Disney TV series about the moose, but they decided <laughs> the not moose. to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I feel like I may have watched Brother Bear 2 at some point. I don't remember anything about it. If anyone did. Um, it's you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like when you go to the Disney parks or whatever, there's very little um, footprint for this movie <laughs> like you don't you there's no brother bear ride or right yeah you know yeah. you don't see coda <laughs> walking around uh, getting pictures <laughs> taken whatever but you know i'd i'd buy a coda merch he's so cute oh my god so <laughs> cute <laughs> lucy as a yeah. vegetarian how do you view view the the morals of this film <laughs> um where is it <laughs> you made notes on this yes <laughs> This one here, we should all be vegetarians. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it killed me. But but the bears, they they weren't even vegetarians. Like there's this whole scene of a massacre of a school of fish. There was there was they're a pe- part. They're pescatarians. There was, was a part where I said Adrian was kind of in and out. I said I was going. Have you considered a vegan lifestyle? Like I was, uh, you know, because Adrian said the exact same thing. Because I hate watching nature documentaries because I can't I yeah. always when I was a kid like I would get really upset to my mum going like why aren't the people that are filming it do, doing anything and mum was like oh you know they have to let nature take its course and this is like the circle of life and I was like I hate this um, <laughs> but is that because of movies like this like Disney have like told you that like bears are cut, cute and cuddly and don't want to no, like I just hate it all the time and... I just hate it all the time and in nature documentaries you know when it's like the little the little baby gets separated from its mum and then you and see then the like, tiger's like yes oh I can't bear it it's like why and I, I also wrote in here why do so many parents have to die it's just like as a new parent, I can't hear this anymore. This is like we all need to work out how to live forever, and that's the end of it. Because we see there's this like festive scene of like them jumping in the water and collecting fish, and I'm just like, there's a whole other movie. It was called Fighting Nemo, and this, <laughs> these bears are just like ripping apart families of fish and stuff. The bit, the bit in um, Finding Nemo that makes me cry the most is when they're all caught in the net. 
Mm-hmm. And and Nemo's like, Dad, I know what to do. And he's like, No, Nemo, like you think you know, but you like you think you can, but you just can't. And he's like, No, Dad, I know what to do. You have to trust me. And he's like, We need to swim down. I want to cry now. For you. <laughs> and then like rebel against the hunters. I truly am crying. And he yeah. does it. It's so yeah, gets me every fucking time. And I'm like vegetarian. Like I just like. <laughs> I support yeah. my own life choices in a, in that moment. <laughs> <laughs> well, like Finding Nemo and this are films where the mum dies in the first act. And like, it's such a Disney thing where like the parents die in the first act. If you want parents to survive, don't watch Disney movies. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is beyond. Yeah. But, you know, they are there to kind of teach kids about mortality in a digestible way. I think that's their purpose. So. What do you think about the ending? Like the swap back sort of is like, so he goes back into his own body for like five seconds and then he's like, this bear needs me. And so he turns back into a bear. I just wrote, I genuinely care. And then I drew an emoji in my notes of a crying, <laughs> of a crying face with like a little smile. I just was like, oh my God, this is going to be bear brothers forever. Do you know what I liked about it is that the, the fact that the tribe knew about the swap. Yeah. And they knew that he was going to be the bear because, like, if he didn't, like, he's just going to end up as somebody's they coat all next became week. Vegetarians, <laughs> and they all became that vegetarians. That whole show. And and Nemo lived, and his mum lived, and it was really good. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> but yeah, I thought it was cute because, like, he can still be with his tribe, and he can still hang out with the bear. Um, because like the bear, they've established the bears can understand the humans talking, but the humans can't Mm. understand the bears talking. Mm. So at this point he can do both. So it's all good. Uh, and it's like in the way in the end of Splash, I love that Tom Hanks was like, I'm going to go and live in the ocean with you. Like, uh, you know, you don't have to. Yeah. So that's Lucy's version. My version is that the two bears um, help lure their own kind for the uh, for the tribe to attack. <laughs> <laughs> or the bears can lure the humans to the, to the like, bears, bear yeah. dance. <laughs> oh my God. Do you think this is a film you'll want to show Otis when it's a bit older? Mm, it's probably going to be on the top of my list. The mum dies. <laughs> so what's the top, like, so what's the top Disney movie, like, the number one priority mm, for Otis? I haven't really thought about it. Um, I just can't wait until I can watch The Goonies with him. Um, <laughs> what? what? Paul's, like, kicking himself. He's like, you got yeah. the whole Disney. <laughs> Adrian, loves, Adrian loves The Lion King. Uh, I yeah. think that, that would be up there. Also yeah. a dead I guess- parent. Thing yeah, <laughs> at least in 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 Aladdin, the mum dies off screen, only mentioned. So I guess that's a bit better. Mm. In Hunch Hunchback of Notre Dame, you get to see the mum's head get cracked on the floor <laughs> and her bleeding to death. Which movie is that? <laughs> Bambi's out. Hunchback of Notre Dame. Oh, for real. Bambi's out. Yeah, yeah ba- um, Bambi. She gets shot. Uh, so it uh, is um, Ariel's mum in. Um... <laughs> no, just mentioned. Yeah, but so she's not there. She's anymore. dead, yeah, but. Yeah. Y- you don't know why. I loved The Little Mermaid dead. when I was little. That was one of my faves. Mm. Which one do you want to show my kid, Paul? <laughs> I, I think Aladdin. I think Aladdin's a good mm. one for a little boy. Mm. If we're going to go by, like, mm-hmm. gender roles. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like I need to mention that, like, the kid version of a body swap 
um, and like looking down and seeing that you now have a dick or don't have a dick is <laughs> seeing that you have a tail now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> One other interesting thing about this film is that it has no villain, which I thought was interesting. Well, he kind of is the villain, isn't he? <laughs> and the hero. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, it's it's more of like that Studio Ghibli style where the villain is like the the main character overcoming his own prejudices or, um, yeah, like there's no, you know, mustache twirling person that wants mm. to, you know, kill yes. them for no reason. You know, there's no scar or Jafar. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And also I feel like this film really did borrow from the circle of life. Like literally that mm. picture is a circle when they see everything all being connected. <laughs> um, yeah. And also a bit of Colors of the Wind from... Pocahontas, like mm, those yeah. themes, it really. Just I was I was watching a uh, documentary them. about like the making of Rubber Bear while I was waiting for you guys to come online, and that was yeah. like the first line of it was like, the the Lion King was really good. Can we make that again? <laughs> um, yeah, nope. It, it is very similar. Um, and uh, you just had to drop in there that you were doing your homework this week, didn't you, Brandon? It has to happen at least once. <laughs> Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. <laughs> this year, I lost my dear husband, Edgar. Quit telling everyone I'm dead! Sometimes I can still hear his voice! All right. Now it's time for our favorite segment, Hot or Not. How the fuck are we going to do this one? <laughs> Take it away, Lucy. Oh, my God. Are they a tutor or a boot? Are they? I don't want to do this. Ugly or cute? <laughs> Tell me if they're hot or not. Ding. 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 Every Everyone. bear is beautiful, is beautiful in his own way. <laughs> womp womp. <laughs> Uh, first, we'll go with Joaquin Phoenix as the human version of Kenai that we see at the beginning. Oh, of the okay, film. so there are humans in this. Yeah, yeah, all all the brothers. <laughs> at the all, start, the first all one. the brothers were hot for sure. Paul, yeah, from one to three, yeah. which brother was hottest to least? <laughs> Should I do fuck, marry, kill on the three brothers? <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> no, no. Um, <laughs> look, all three brothers were hot. Yes, I would fuck all three brothers. What about when he was I... growing that, like, that festy mo and stuff like that? Look, I wasn't great on, like, I wasn't super sold on the mo, but I feel like, you know, it might be a cultural thing, so I can deal with it. He looks super buff. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, they were very handsomely drawn guys. <laughs> so, sure. like, You'd put them up there with the other, like, fuckable Disney characters like Aladdin. I don't and, like hunting, um, though, so I don't know. You how. don't like hunting? No. Mm. But did we actually see them, like, kill anything besides fish? Or the bear. <laughs> 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 but, like, yeah, but- the major plot point. <laughs> <laughs> but, but by the end, 
I don't think they're going to be killing bears anymore. I mean, Paul, I like, it's that... the equivalent of, like, on Tinder. It's like someone standing on, like, a dead tiger with a gun. It's, like, it's bad. Wait, wait, Paul, yeah. Paul. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, which, which was the hottest brother? The hottest brother was... The one that died? No. Deha- Denahi, the, young, the one that was, like, trying to track down the brother. I disagree. Uh, I... <laughs> <laughs> so you think the older brother is the hottest? Mm, probably. Yeah. I mean, he was definitely the most buff, but I think, yeah, Denahi was kind of like more classically tra- like handsome. So he was homophobic. I don't <laughs> think so. He was just he was just having a little bit of fun. He was supportive in the end. Oh, yeah. Because he, he, like, he, he, <laughs> he put the like flower crown on him is like this will be like suit you now that you're like the love guy yeah but he was but then making like, fun he's being like that's feminine so i'm gonna give you flowers oh i'll give you that but i don't <laughs> anyway where were you going with this <laughs> brother before i hijacked <laughs> all right so which one was the hottest brother Deha- denahi okay so denahi right you got denahi or you've got is it sang from Milan? Shang, Shang. yeah. So Jan- which one would you go with? Like, I mean, Shang is fucking hot. <laughs> I, like, I would, like, my number one is Aladdin. Oh, sorry, actually, my number one is probably Hercules, followed by Tarzan, followed by Aladdin, followed by Shang, and then Danahi can go under them. Where does is, where is Gaston <laughs> right in there? <laughs> what about G- the beast? Gaston- what about the beast? <laughs> the beast ball? <laughs> <laughs> you know how you like dogs. <laughs> well, bears. Come on, here he goes. <laughs> no, but but the thing is, the beast in human form is actually like the complete opposite. He's like got long, blonde, flowing hair, and he's like hairless everywhere else. Mm. So, um, yeah, but I'm talking about as the beast. As the where's beast, the I don't beast? <laughs> as the beast, I don't rate. The human form of the beast is okay, but I would probably put all those other guys be it before him. And I wouldn't put Gaston that high because, like, he's obviously compensating for a, ti- a tiny bit. Lucy, who's, <laughs> who's, your, who's your, like, uh, top top Disney guy? Uh, maybe Prince Eric from Little Mermaid. Yeah, uh, he's pretty. He's he hasn't got it. Ounce of grey in his head. What about King Trident from The Little Mermaid? All right, ha ha. Oh my god, he is so rich, though. By the way, remember he oh, like, yeah. rocked no shirt that whole movie. Like, yeah. whoa, King 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 Triton is a gay icon. <laughs> like, <let's>... yes, <laughs> yes, like Daddy. Yes, but Prince Eric like is like um uh like John Hamm or something. That jaw. He, yeah. yeah, I'm really proud of my answer. I'm, yeah, Prince Eric, <laughs> Team Prince Eric. So he can't get out, away with this Scott Free, Brendan. Who's yours? Has to be male, <laughs> by the way, not female. <laughs> oh wait, okay. Uh, oh, like hottest, hottest Disney guy. Yeah, I'm oh, not that. Um, Frollo from the Hunchback of Notre Dame. <laughs> no, <laughs> he's like literally a rapist. You could have chosen anyone worse. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. What? Your totem. I think it's really great. You do? Yeah. Then I made you something. Really? Now when you skip around loving everybody, (laughs) you'll smell so sweet. (laughs) Well, isn't this nice? Instead of fighting, you're giving each other flowers. Yeah. Isn't it lovely? He's so in touch with his totem already. (laughs) Hey, dog breath. Go take care of the fish. Sure. Keenai loves me. He loves me not. 
He not loves me, he loves me not. Let's get to Opinion Swap where we find some interesting reviews of Brother Bear from across the interwebs. Researching this film, I found that Brother Bear is a lot of people's favorite Disney movie. And wow. a lot of people are very passionate about this film and cl- like that it's, you know, an underrated masterpiece. It should be like up there with The Lion King. So I'm not going to bore you with all of those because there's a lot of them. Um, Stop trying so this- to make fetch happen. <laughs> uh, so this one's from Al on Letterboxd. Al gives it three and a half stars and says, why did the hot brother have to die? <laughs> so, <laughs> what does Someone that? agrees. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, this one is from Max Oxley on Letterboxd. Oh, that's it. That's all I have Can to say. Can we just okay. quickly, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say, that older brother is the only one that was a man. The other two were yeah. just boys. <laughs> yeah. They were fuck boys. <laughs> Completely. <laughs> uh, uh, this one's from Max Oxley on Letterboxd. He gives it two and a half stars. And he says, so the moral of the story is bears are super nice and friendly. And if you see one in the wild, go up and give it a bit nice big hug. (laughs) (laughs) I guess this can be a callback to our being John Malkovich episode where you were so like against the chimpanzees, Lucy. Yeah. Um, So do you feel the same about bears? I don't want to ruin anyone's tenuous, so maybe we'll... Are we going to talk about Grizzly Man? Go there. A woman, yeah, like, leave bears alone. Let them do their thing. Very dangerous. Unless, unless, unless one of your siblings gets transformed into one, leave them alone. Mm, correct. <laughs> All right, so this one's from Lily on um, Letterboxd. I wonder if it's Lily Collins. Is Phil Collins' daughter? Because <laughs> they gave it five stars and they wrote... The music you don't was hear bagging. It, <laughs> Good job, Daddy. Said, <laughs> if you don't hear one note of Phil Collins' hit track on my way and immediately start crying, then we can't be friends. Get out of my house. Block me on all social media. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure like that was Lily the, Collins. Yes, the right age. Beautiful, yes. But um, that song... um. On my way actually plays at, on my work radio every day. Really? Wait. And I totally and I had totally forgotten the fact that That's where it's it from. was from <laughs> from Brother Bear. So when I was watching, I was like, oh, okay. Because every time it starts playing, I get excited thinking it's you'll be in my heart, and then it's not. <laughs> you don't want to cry at work though, do you? For like any other reason I, than normal. Yeah. Or spin in it a will circle. just blend it would just blend blend into all the other cries, so it'll be fine. <laughs> all I can think of is that <laughs> all I can think of is that 30 Rock quote. I'll make you a mixtape. Do you like Phil Collins? Do you have two ears and a heart? <sighs> Don't call me that. Oh, sorry, uh, uh Mr. Bear? No, I, I mean I'm not a bear. I hate bears. Well, gee, eh? You're one big beaver. No kidding me. <laughs> Now it's time for Tenuous Recommendations, where we each recommend a movie, TV show, song, album, or book that is connected to today's movie in some way. Or last week, where I recommended a video game, so it can really be anything. You know, it would be the ultimate, like, to, for you to make me play that game. Like, I'm so bad at things like that, and they stress <laughs> me out so much. Do you remember when I came over to your house to play VR? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like made you all yeah. promise that you weren't going to videotape me when I had the goggles on. <laughs> yeah, you would literally have a nervous breakdown if you tried to play that game. <laughs> and then I had to review it. And I was just like, well, I broke down in tears at the very beginning. <laughs> 
Wait, do you, right. do you play video games at all, Lucy? No. Like, so, do you know the only <laughs> game I've ever gotten into in my whole life is like a decade after it was a thing. My cousin, my cousin got a <laughs> Sega from Goodwill. So, it was like yeah. a really outdated console with one game, Wonder Boy. And my whole family like went nuts for Wonder Boy. Did you play Wonder Boy too? No, we got this one game. We played Wonder Boy, the OG, and that's it. So that's the only video game I've ever really gotten into in my whole life. So when Hollywood makes a Wonder Boy I movie adaptation, you're gonna your first line. <laughs> All right, so Lisa, you can go first. What's your recommendation today? Okay, so um, I'm pretty sure I've recommended her and Signs before, I think. Yes, you yeah, have. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know, man. And then, you know, you look at the directing credits and there's some, like, real heavy hitters with it's like, I'm going to tell people to see The Lion King. Like, mm, have you guys heard of this little indie movie called The Lion King? Like, whatever. Yeah. Um, so I'm kind of doing a cheating piggyback one. So um, yeah. Joaquin Phoenix's brother is River Phoenix, <laughs> was River Phoenix, R.I.P., yeah. like, for real, yeah. very sad. Yeah. I have a River Phoenix scrapbook. Like, I love him a lot. Um, that's so why I'm your recommendation is River Tism. Phoenix. Oh. <laughs> um, ooh. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so I am doing probably, like, maybe top ten movies for me, one of my top ten movies. I'm doing Stand By Me. Ah, uh, yeah. nice. Uh, both seen it, obviously. Yes, yeah. but only recently, probably in the last five I years. I thought there could be a chance, Paul, that maybe you hadn't seen it. You know how some you've got yeah. some little blind spots like that? Um, anyway, yeah. you know, Stephen King, like classic, and I just think um, it's that thing of Ruth Phoenix is so young, but he's like a little man. Like <laughs> he's just kind of holding back the curtain, showing you what he had like what he was capable of. Um, yeah. You know, he's got like his packet of cigarettes like rolled up in his um, shirt sleeve and, yeah, he was so good. Um, and just I, that little ensemble cast of those, the young guys. But, yeah, for sure. So good. Yeah, like Jerry O'Connell, like when he was little and fat. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, you know, that performance from Corey Feldman, like, Wow. Uh, it's one of those movies that my sister and I love it. We saw it at the same time and there's still things that we quote to quote from it like to this day. Uh, yeah, it's a very special movie and big time. That's mine. Brendan, what's yours? Uh, I'm going to recommend the song Semi Omoe by Rusted Roots. Uh, uh, <laughs> that was a joke. But <laughs> what's that? <laughs> uh, the song from Matilda. Doro. It, okay. You know the one that goes, send me a moe. Um, yes! <laughs> a moe. Yeah. Okay. Um, Can I just so say, I, I, not to, to borrow from the parlance of our times, is he going on my way? Is that what he's saying? In that. On my way. Oh my God. Okay. That is mind blowing. I was today years old. Send me a moe. On my way. <laughs> I just thought uh, that was well, like a little noise. That's like <laughs> Dave Bow Bow. You know that. Day about, about, oh yeah, that's okay. I'm oh, sorry, <laughs> keep going. <laughs> and then they play that 80s song, Day about, about. Okay, go <laughs> <laughs> oh, way. I can't believe that. Well, like, actually, th- I don't know why I know this, but that song doesn't actually have cr- like real lyrics. 
So you know what it's like? It's like, it's like these these white hippie dudes just vibing, like yes, for real, <laughs> playing That's hacky so sack good. and going, send me a movie. Anyway, yeah, try to look up the lyrics. You can't. Uh, the, anyway, uh, my <laughs> recommendation is, uh, so yeah, like I said, I love 2D animation, um, and mm-hmm. so rather than play my usual games, I'm going to recommend something based on that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, watching this just made me think of all that stuff, and it reminded I what came to mind was, have you ever got, have you guys ever seen a, a show called Mission Hill? No. Yes. The stop motion one, right? Uh, no, it's a it's a two D animated series on. Um... Oh no, I was thinking of Moral Oral. Ah, Moral Oral. <laughs> that's a yeah, that's a very different. Anyway, uh, I'm recommending Mission Hill. It was uh, a TV series that was very short lived. Uh, I think uh, it had a total of thirteen episodes made, and ten of them actually saw air. Uh, but it's actually like a show I love, and if you're anyone who grew up uh, in the 90s, like, you'll you'll vibe it, I think, 100%. Like, so, uh, yeah, it was made in 1999. I think that's when it ended. The The show is basically about this uh, brother who lives in this town of Mission Hill, which is this cool, like, happening area of some town in America, and his little nerdy brother comes to stay and live with him, and... It's just about their relationship. It's about this older guy who is like sort of grew up in the grunge era and, you know, never became an adult and is sort of like, okay, I'm in. That. Yeah, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> the animation is really unique as well. It was one of the last shows to be um, actually uh, colored by, by hand, like um, painted mm. uh, the cells and stuff. And so, like, there's these really weird, uh, interesting colors that come with that as well. Like, the eyes have like this yellow neonness to them. And, um, when they're in like the the animation choices, like the backgrounds and stuff. Anyway, it's a really great show. Highly recommend it. Check it out. Cool, cool. Like I don't know how that like I completely missed the boat of this show. I've never watched it. I've never heard of it. Like I've heard the name, but I thought it was something else. And now I'm looking at it on uh, like on Google, and I don't recognize anything about it. But it sounds really cool. Mm, yeah, it does. So, awesome. Oh, actually, um, a little tidbit. It had it was mm-hmm. like one of the shows that had like one of the first male on male kisses and was actually like upheld by the glad community as like uh like being like a show that actually had a a a good positive gay. a positive gay relationship in it um and like if you like try to look up gay tropes and stuff you can't actually find it like anyway that was that was huh. a little tidbit i found well i do love gay shit so yeah i have to watch it <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right, so my connection is the fact that this film is a musical. Um, so I'm uh, recommending another musical that I watched um, recently. I'd heard people talking about this on and off, and it just sounded so batshit crazy. Um, I finally managed to track it down, and it's a 1980 musical called The Apple. Have either of you guys heard of <laughs> no. this? No. This film, it was originally uh, conceived as a Broadway musical, but nobody would give them the funding <laughs> to do it because it was going to be so intricate. So they decided to make it into a film instead. And it was made in 1980, but it's set in the far future of 1994, where um, <laughs> uh, the government controls everything you do. 
and uh all of culture is kind of centered around this musical kind of american idol contest and um whoever wins that everybody's forced to listen to their music and has to wear like a sticker about the band on their head at all times <laughs> and if the cops see you without the sticker you get a fine um and the film is about like this musical group that gets entwined in all of this and become huge stars and how it destroys their life. No, that's Josie and, and the Pussycats. So but it's <laughs> it, it is that but intertwined with like an Adam and Eve um allegory so it's actually like Satan himself mm-hmm. that is um like running the music company and like legit um, like He's he's, a, a, he's actually Satan, yeah. <laughs> and um, also, like, this deleted scene that they shot but couldn't pull off, so it was cut out of the film, like, with God creating the earth at the beginning. And then because it's cut out, at the end, God shows up and does all this shit, but because he wasn't introduced at the beginning, make it sense. makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> Is like, there a director's the cut? <laughs> There's no directors because they couldn't literally finish these scenes, so <laughs> they don't actually exist. Um, so the film makes no sense, and like it's crazy, batshit, psychedelic. The music is actually very catchy, and you won't see anything else like it. It's just a batshit movie. Uh, they use Berlin as their like futuristic city, so it's got this like weird Eastern European aesthetic to it. When was this made? 1980. Like, Google it, watch the YouTube clips, but I would recommend just, if you can, watching the entire thing. It is a crazy movie. It does sound trippy, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's a crazy movie. Uh, So, yeah, the the Apple, you've never seen anything like it and you probably will never see anything like it. Apple versus The Wall. Which one am I? (laughs) I've never actually watched The Wall. Yeah, me either. (laughs) (laughs) Lucy, surely you have. Uh, I feel like it's a Lucy thing. thing. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, I have, but only because I had shit boyfriends. <laughs> <laughs> so if you had a cool gay boyfriend, they would have shown you the apple. I, had, I definitely <laughs> had gay boyfriends as well. <laughs> <laughs> this is when Paul and I reveal that we used to date. No, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh. Well, I have this other story. Uh, tell you what. How about no talking? Okay. Then I'll sing. No, 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 no. Tell everybody I'm on will my you, will way. Will you stop it? New friends Come and on, new quit places it. to see. Koda, stop singing. With God. me. Yes, I'm on the world. And there's nowhere else that I'd rather be. So where are we ranking Brother Bear among the films we've watched for the podcast? All right, I am going to put it about halfway down the list. Um, So it's going in between Little and 18 again. So I might put it in between Down to Earth and Tammy and the T-Rex. So um, sort of around the same spot as you, Paul, but obviously different films. But yeah, about halfway. Not the best, not the worst. Uh, I feel like mine's probably a little higher than you. I'm going to put it above 13 going on 30 and below Wish Upon a Star. Wow. Whoa. Okay. I just, it just made me feel nice. And it didn't We're telling Jennifer me... Garner you said that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how she got uh, that high on my list, to be quite frank. <laughs> <laughs> Tell her that. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised. Like, you know, you guys are always going on about me for being the Disney guy, but like, see, Disney, it's nice. It's nice to watch Disney shit. Mm. So, uh, 
as I said at the beginning of the episode, uh, we're going to go back next week to what we originally were supposed to do this episode, which is the 2000 science fiction film Exchange, starring Stephen Baldwin and Kyle MacLachlan um, from the director of Empire Records. So um, I'm really hyped, and hopefully we'll we'll get everything together and watch the movie all together for the first time in over a year. So um, we'll have a celebration episode mm-hmm. for it. So yeah, we're gonna, gonna have some Shirley. What are we? What are they called? Shirley Temples, yeah. and yes. we're gonna have Grey Poupon uh, what's it, Grey <laughs> with our what's the strudel thing called? <laughs> what was the it? Strudel? It was like a it was like a mac and cheese, wasn't it? What was that yeah. thing from? Uh, it was from the uh, Baldwin one. I can't remember. Oh, we've had a few Baldwins. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. No, it was from Prelude to a Kiss. There was Prelude. some like pasta. That's right. Yeah, that yeah. yeah. It was like a German yeah. pasta dish. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So until then, um, you are a literal piece of shit on the ground <laughs> if you don't review us on iTunes. Like fucking, just review us on iTunes. Just fucking do it. Yeah. <laughs> and I was Paul Mitzi. <laughs> I was Lucy Thomas, and I think you're a piece of shit in the sky, not on the ground. <laughs> in my in a rainbow. <laughs> uh and oh and I was I was I was Brendan. Wait, I was Robert Brendan. That was me as a bear. <laughs> you're always a bear. <laughs> This is true. I can't believe it took us up until now to say that. (laughs) Toodaloo. (laughs) All right. See you. Bye. Bye. The Swellcast podcast is recorded in Adelaide, Australia. It's hosted by Paul Mitzi and edited by Brendan Levi and Paul Mitzi. Our theme song was written and performed by John Marco of Too Creative, featuring Lucy Thomas, and recorded at Browntown Studios. Our music bumpers were created by Reggie Parker. Contact him on parkerregmusic at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.